Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Jeff. I have the privilege to be the Family Life Pastor here at Bridge. And I'm so glad that you are here today and on this beautiful October 1st. Sun is out. No one's excited. The sun is out. Yes. I've been waiting for that sun. All right. When you wake up and it's sun outside, you're like, man, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's even good when it's, uh, when it's cloudy and rainy because we need that as well. But I don't know about you, but I like the sunshine. So uh, today we're going to be starting our um, new series called Empowered. And I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Uh, but I do want to begin today. I'm just going to say a word of prayer because I think God's about to do some amazing things these next four weeks. And he's going to teach you. He's going to show you. He's going to, he's going to speak to your heart. He's going to transform some of those things. And I just pray that you'll be open by, his pres- by this Holy Spirit's presence to hear. Not hear, but listen and then do. Because um, God has something great for you. He really does. And he's got something great for our church. And we just got to get ready. We got to get ready for what God's about to do. And I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to be on the sidelines, but I want you to be a part of the body, as we talked about last week, of being the church, right? We're the church. Be a part of that as we move forward in in what God has for us here in Lansdale. Uh, So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit gives us power to live for Christ and to live a holy life. And uh, Jesus gave instruction before he left this earth about the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to read Acts 1.8. This will be our theme verse for this month. Uh, it says, in fact, Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so keep that at your heart, because we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the next week and the following weeks about the empowerment of the Spirit. In the coming weeks, we'll be talking about this, and we'll talk about the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk next week. Pastor Paul is going to bring the empowerment or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is next week. But this week, we'll focus on who the Holy Spirit is and what role does he play. So let's talk about it. The title of my message is, Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? When we talk about the Holy Spirit... There's some different responses, all right? Some people are like, yes, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's about time, all right? Others are like, no, oh no, it's about to get weird, okay? You can fall in those two kind of camps and, uh, you know, but you know what? We're going to dive in today about what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, all right? And uh, I just want want you to take a deep breath and, and relax, okay, some of you? And we're just going to look about what God says about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to journey together. And we're going to go through the scripture. And it's because Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. He talked about it a lot. And uh, it's important if he talked about it, we should be listening to what he has to say. So when it comes to the topic of the Holy Spirit, the churchgoers typically fall into three categories. Right? They are the uninformed, the misinformed, and the well-informed. Let's talk about the uninformed. These uninformed people, they just don't know about the Holy Spirit because not, they have not been taught about it. They just don't know. They don't know a lot about it. They don't know, they don't know, they don't know much. 
Then there's the misinformed. And there are usually two extremes on the, this spectrum, all right? One extreme knows about the Holy Spirit, but they don't think the Holy Spirit gifts are relevant or the Holy Spirit is relevant for today, all right? They, they, thought, they think that happened back in the early church and it needs to stay there. That's, that's one extreme. Okay, the other extreme is when people have a preoccupation with the Spirit and run after signs and they run after wonders and every supernatural manifestation uh, and are just seeking an experience. They're not seeking the person, but just an experience. They're not balanced or grounded in the person of the Holy Spirit. And they get caught up without discernment. They can, they can run after things that may, may not even be biblical or from the Holy Spirit. They're just they're seeking an experience. They're on that end of the spectrum. My hope and desire today is that we fall into the camp that we are well-informed. That's the third point. We are well-informed. That would be have a balanced understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, the role of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's a well-informed approach. So if you have your Bibles today, all right, we're going to take a look at what Jesus taught about the whole role of the Holy Spirit and who he is found in John 14. 15 and 16. So you can just begin there. We're not going to jump into it just yet. But before we do that, I want to address those who are uninformed this morning, okay? And talk a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. So we want to build that foundation with you. It's like, okay, but who is the Holy Spirit, okay? I have three points for you. Number one, the Holy Spirit is God. He is the third person of the Trinity, that's my first point. The Holy Spirit is God. Do we have that slide up there? Or just, there he is. It's a whole, the third person of the Trinity. Some of us have been taught negatively about the Holy Spirit in our lifetime. When, when I say the Father is my God, you're like, you know, I have no problem with that. Some say, you know, Jesus is my God. Some say I don't have any problem with that. But when I say the Holy Spirit is my God, then you have a problem with it. You know, if you do have that, then something's wrong because he's part of the Trinity. All right? He's part of the Trinity. We'll learn what the Trinity is. So what is the Trinity? The doctrine states, the doctrine of Trinity states that God exists as one being and three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Each person in the Trinity is equally and fully God, distinct from the others, yet they remain just one God. It's one being or one essence revealed in three persons. I have a diagram I want to show you today. It's up on the screen, and this is a very clear illustration of who the Trinity is. So you have God, he's in the middle, and you see that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are at, at this triangle. And so you see that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, all right? And then you have the other outside of the triangle. It's the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. And you can go in different directions as well in this diagram. So just to give you understanding, it's one being revealed in three persons, but each of the persons don't have the same function. They have different roles and different function. But it's one being in three persons. So... Each person has a different role. So let's, let's talk about this. Genesis 1.26. The Bible tells us how God spoke in plural in this verse. It says, the God said, let us, let us, speaking us in plural, make man in our image according to our likeness at the creation of humanity. You see, he didn't come, you see, he didn't come on the scene after Jesus. Some people say, well, he just came in the New Testament. No, he was there from the beginning. Okay? The Holy Spirit has always existed 
always existed and was seen and instrumental in creation. Genesis 1-2, let's bring this scripture. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God, see, He was there. That's the Spirit of Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit. Although the word Trinity never appears, the teaching, the teaching that God is one in three is consistent throughout Scripture. And the New Testament is particularly clear about the divine nature of the three persons. It also makes it clear the divine nature that the Holy Spirit is God in the book of Acts. In Acts, Peter makes it clear. Acts chapter 5, verse 3, verse 4, it says this. Then Peter said to Ananias, Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do such a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. It's in context there. He just makes it very clear that he was lying to God, who is the Holy Spirit. So maybe this little illustration will help. There's a lot of illustrations for the Trinity, but I like this one a little bit here. It's when you take, you have a light, and you take the light, and you pass it through a prism. That light refracts into three primary colors. It's the same light revealed in three different ways. Okay, God is one being revealed in three different persons. And so I just want to give you a base knowledge on the Trinity today. Hopefully that, uh, that clears up some misunderstanding of who he is with that, with the Trinity. But point number two is the Holy Spirit is a person, all right? Who he is, he is a person. He is not an it or he's not a force, okay? He's not an it. Some people think it's it, it's spooky, it's out there. No, no, he is a person and he has personal attributes. He has a mind, Let's talk about this. He has a mind. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, for, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So you, you can see here, he's thinking. It's a, there's thoughts. He has a mind. The next thing he has, he has a will. He has a will. 1 Corinthians 12.11 but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, one individually as he wills. Oh, thank you, wills. I love that. He, he has, next thing he has, he has emotion. F- Ephesians 4.30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Grief is an emotion. Listen, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Did you know that? It, you, that's a personal thing. If you've lost someone, you've experienced grief, right? So the Holy Spirit can do that. So these, this, is the, this is the personality. This is, the Holy Spirit's not an it. It's not a force. It's, he is a person, okay? And we are designed to have a personal relationship you know, with him. You know, we have a personal relationship with people, right? And since the Holy Spirit is a person, we can have that personal relationship with him, question I have for you today as we reflect on this, do you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? The good news for you today, if you don't have one, you can start. I encourage you to start because he wants to get to to know you as well, the third person of God, the Holy Spirit. The third thing I have here is the Holy Spirit is the helper. We're going to talk about this a little bit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the helper, point three. Before Jesus was taken to the cross, 
he gathered the disciples together and began to talk to them about the Holy Spirit and his role in their lives. But before we t- discuss the roles, let's talk about the helper, okay? John 14, 16 to 7. I know you, I had you turn there earlier, but let's, let's dive in. John chapter 14, verses 16 to 70 says, I, And I will pray the Father. It's like, oh, that's weird. Why does it say pray the Father? Well, a different translation says ask the Father. So that, that, that word is a little bit different. So we can use that as the word ask right now. I will ask the Father, all right? And he will give you another helper. Everyone say helper. helper. Yeah, get, get your feedback today. Let's wake you up a little bit. And he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. We just talked about a little bit with the song about where the Holy Spirit, the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit lives us when we're believers. He lives in us. So this is what Jesus is talking about here. So aren't you glad that Jesus didn't leave us alone when he left this earth, Right. Yes, he, he's, he's actually in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father, uh, but we have the Holy Spirit within us, God within us, Emmanuel, as the, uh, uh, he's, we're the temple, right? He lives on the inside of us, inside of us all, who, who confess his name, who have given their lives to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, and this is the passage that, that backs us up, it says, do you not know that their bodies, that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? So aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you today? Man, that's, it amazes me that, that me and you, that God inhabits us. It's very mind-blowing if you really think about it. The creator of all the universe comes and lives on and dwells in his presence on the inside of us. We just, we just sang about the presence of the Lord, but his presence is within us. So amazing. John 14, 25, 26, let's keep reading. It says this, these things I have spoken to you, Jesus has continued to talk. He says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, everyone say helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Let's go further down in John chapter 15, verses 26. He says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And then finally, look at John 16, 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Some translations say better, okay? It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So let's talk about this word helper. It's mentioned four times in, in this, these passages here. And uh, it's the Greek word parakletos. If I can, if I can say Greek right, paraklete, it's a parakletos. All right? Uh, just look, para means really, when it comes down to it, means alongside, and kletos means to come. So if you think about that, Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you someone to come alongside of you. He's encouraging his disciples here because he's saying, I'm leaving. I'm leaving soon, okay? And this is, this is he's talking about the last, he's speaking at this teaching at the Last Supper. He's going to be crucified and just hours later, and their, their world is going to get turned upside down. But he's saying, you know, it's better, it's to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. 
It's a, it's a, it's, if you think about it, it's, he's encouraging them that he's going to send someone to come alongside of you in the next journey of your faith. So this word as well, you may have seen it in other translations and ver- or versions of the Bible. Tra- the, this other words as this translates as counselor. Another word is advocate. He's our advocate. Come alongside of us. Think about that. Our comforter. It's another word. So you could put all these words together. It just sounds, sounds so amazing that we have the Holy Spirit who's our helper, our, our, our counselor, our advocate, our comforter. I don't know about you, but I want to know him, don't you? <laughs> so if you don't know the Holy Spirit in that way, I encourage you that you can start today. And we're going to give you some things later on in my message that you can encourage to start your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, reason, the reason is why is because we need him. We need him in this walk. We need, help us, we need him to help us live for Jesus and say no to sin, help us to overcome and get through the troubles of life. And we need the Holy Spirit. See, he's not just meant to be an, ass, an assistant, okay? He's not like Siri or Alexa. I mean, just kind of ding him on our phone like, hey, Holy Spirit, I need you now. Like, I need your help with a question. That's not, that's not how it's meant, okay? Um, sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit like this, but we are supposed to live by the Spirit. Everyone say, live by the Spirit. In the Bible, it says, keep in step with the Spirit. That means we journey with the Holy Spirit along the way. He's supposed to meant to be with us, to empower us. It's not something we just call upon when we need like, like an a la carte menu or like Siri. It's not like that. He's, he's, he's God within us. He's helping us. And so Galatians 5.25, I love this verse. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's walking with the Spirit. Are you walking with the Spirit today? Are you keeping step with the Spirit today? I encourage you to start today if you're not. So let's talk about, as we transition to the next part of my message, is let's talk about some roles of the Holy Spirit since we, we, we just talked about who the Holy Spirit is. Number one, so his first, one of his first roles is he convicts the world. He convicts the world. John 16, 8, we're in, that, in those passages still. It says, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So let's talk about he convicts of sin. John 16, 9, that first, that verse 9 says, of sin because they do not believe in me. Let me tell you why the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Because if you, don't, if you don't believe that you are a sinner, you have no need for a Savior. You can't get saved until you know you need a Savior. And so he convicts you and he tells you, guess what? There's something that's not right there. You need to get right with God. You need forgiveness of your sins. You're walking this way. I need you to repent and go this way towards God. The, the, the role, the, the Holy Spirit has a saving, a saving role in a way. He, he brings us and draws us to Jesus. See, I got saved when I was like 13 or 14 years old because I was a lonely person trying to figure out this life as a teenager. And maybe you're here as a teenager and you're like, I'm trying to figure out, I, I don't know what's going on. And maybe you're in your life and you've done things on your own and you fell flat on your face and you're like, I don't know what's going on with my life. 
I'm going to encourage you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, today is your day. Because when you receive Jesus, when you give your life to him, you give over control, and you surrender to him and take on the life that he has for you, your life will change. Your life will change. It doesn't mean the road is always easy, but you have Jesus with you to help because he's overcome the world. And you can get through anything. You get to, you know, he'll, he'll bring you to many places, but he, he's going to be your rock. He's going to be the person you can stand upon. You have the relationship. He's going to be your savior. See, the Holy Spirit is the one who convicted me of my sin and drew me to Jesus. I was empty and looking for love, and I didn't really find love. I was looking for it at the wrong places. You know, many of you here might be looking for love in the wrong places, and you just are becoming empty. I knew what emptiness felt like. It was, did not feel good. My heart was not full. And then when you look at the world, it gives you things that they think can, can fill your emptiness, but they don't. Or they may temporarily fill it, and they just leave even more empty. So, but there was a, there was a message that I've heard. When we hear the word of God, it builds our faith. That Jesus can come fill your emptiness. That he can come fill your loneliness with his love, can give you new life. Can he can forgive all the sin and all the screw-ups and all the mess-ups that you have and give you a clean slate? Because if anyone's in Christ, the Bible says he is a new creation. The, the old has gone and the new has come. You know, that, back then I wanted that. If Jesus was going to offer me life and love and friendship with him, that's what my heart wanted. And the Holy Spirit was a part of that process to lead me to Jesus. And I give, I said a prayer, and I, and I give my life to him. I believed in faith. And from that day on, my life has been totally changed and different. Has it been always easy? Yes, up and down, up and down on the road of life. But like we've been talking about, what Paul talked about a few weeks ago, firm foundation. We're on the firm foundation of Jesus. We build our lives on the rock and not the sand. When storms come, right? We're not blown over. We're not destroyed, but we're still standing. And today, I'm still standing like many of you to the storms of life because you've built your life on Jesus and you have that relationship with Jesus. So yes, Jesus saves. He is the Savior. But the Holy Spirit's job is to convict. That's what part of his role. He convicts. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is instrumental in this whole process. Because no one can say Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. See, the next part of this is he convicts of sin, convicts the, of sin, but he also convicts of righteousness. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to go over this a little bit. He convicts of righteousness. That, that's not righteous living, but that's the righteousness that we receive in Christ, that we're right standing with God. Because he goes to the Father, we have now right standing with God because of what he did on the cross, all right? In the judgment, because Satan has been judged, all right, he, there's, there's victory, there's authority that we have from Christ because Satan, is, is, his time is, 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 he's doomed, basically. When Jesus died, he's been defeated on the cross, but he's already been judged. Je- Jesus did carry that out when he said, it is finished on the cross, But as we now sit here today, Satan is defeated. Amen? We have victory over him because of what Jesus did on that cross. See, let me, let me, some of you have misunderstood this a little bit. Maybe you've been in a church circles where the Holy Spirit has come and told you that, you know, he's saying, you know, you're a sinner. 
you, you're a sinner. You sinned. It's like pointing the finger, okay? And, and then you're not living right. Let's talk about living right. You're not living right. You're a sinner. You're not living right. And God's going to get you. God's going to get you. Maybe you've been taught in those circles. You know, that's, that's not the correct, I don't believe, how you should, we should understand it. That's not it. You know, he's coming to convict you for, you for your need for a Savior. We need him, right? And once you accept that Savior, that you are now in right standing with God. You have the righteousness of Christ. That you stand righteous before him because of Jesus and Satan has been judged, and now we can know that Jesus defeated him on that cross, and he had his authority taken away. Take away. Another word for convict you can use is convince. Convince you that, you know, that you are, that you, you accept, once you, you're in right standing with God, you need, needed a Savior, you're right standing with God, and, and basically Jesus, Satan has been defeated. He's been judged. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus. John 14, 26. Oh, one second. Next, before I skip this, I'm almost skip this. He, next, number two, he is our teacher. He is our teacher. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. I like the word all there. Not just some things, all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Spirit is going to teach us the things, things about Jesus and what he has said to us? When we don't understand the Bible, the Holy Spirit can give us that understanding. He helps us comprehend the Bible. He gives us the ability to remember Scripture. I don't know about you, but when, when I have a hard time remembering at times, as I get older, they say the first thing to go is your memory. And some of you are like, yes, it is, because you can't remember my name. I'm getting better. Give me more grace. I thank you for your grace. Yes, that is the first thing to go. It's usually your memory, but I'm trying to get better at it. Um, But there have been many times when I need a word from the Lord. I need an encouragement. And I'm speaking with someone, and the Holy Spirit recalls a scripture to my mind. Have you been in that situation? That's the Holy Spirit bringing to remembrance what Jesus has told you through his word. I want to encourage you that when you do your devotions, your time you spend in, in God's word, it's not always for you for that day. You know, it might be for somebody else. I, there's been times where I did my devotions in the morning, and you may do them at night, that's fine, or wherever. But the word that you have for the day, you, just, you come into encounter with someone, and you start talking to them, and the Holy Spirit says, give them the word, the word I just gave you this morning. And you begin to just, hey, guess what I read in my Bible today? I think this word might be for you too. And you start to share that, and it, it's an encouragement to them. God can use you. He's, just, he's not just, he wants to use you, and when he calls to remembrance those things, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit working in you. That's his role. It's amazing that, that he does that, that we're not left alone, but he teaches us. He's a teacher of all things, right? You know, he teaches us to know what to say. He brings those scriptures to remembrance. He also teaches us to know what not to say. I mean, there are times, I don't know about you, where I'm grumpy and I'm cranky and I come home and I've got kids and I'm like, I want to say some things and maybe say some not th- nice things to my wife because um, it's been a crazy day and you just want to vent at times. And the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 don't you dare do that. 
Because that's not what he wants us to do, right? He teaches us, hey, don't say that because you're going to make matters worse or you may sin. So sometimes he teaches us what not to say as well. Also, the Spirit helps us understand spiritual things. Before you're a Christian, spiritual things were, were, were foolish. They were like, well, why are you doing that? Why are you going to church? Why are you going to prayer? You know, they thought that was just before you came to church, you had no idea because you didn't understand them. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, says, The person without the Spirit does, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So when you get, when you get saved and you start to learn spiritual things, you're like, oh, yeah, now I get that. Now I, now I know, understand that. But before it was just foolishness, but now you start to understand What's happening not only in, in, on the inside of you, what happens in your spirit and through the Holy Spirit. Uh, number three is my last point. What role here I have is he testifies about Jesus and empowers us to be a witness. John chapter 15, 26 to 27. So when the helper comes, whom, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who, who proceeds from me, he will testify of me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. See, the Holy Spirit testifies about who Jesus is, and we are the vessels who are, who are habited by the Spirit of God, are then going to be used by him to testify of Jesus. And the ability to testify of Jesus comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, we all have a testimony here. We'll have something of God how it changed our life. We have the good news, and God wants you to share that with people. Right? God wants you to share what God's done in your life. We actually defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is powerful. You have a testimony of his transforming work in your life and how you've been brought from death to life. You've been transformed. We have this testimony that's the good news of Jesus and his love for us. And I want to encourage you to share your testimony this week with somebody. Maybe there's a coworker, maybe there's a friend, maybe there's a classmate. Someone needs to know about what Jesus did in your life. There was an old song that just comes to my memory right now, an old song called, it's called Keeping the Cure in Your Pocket. Some of us, it's, it, it spoke to me, but it was basically sometimes you just keep the cure in our pocket and we walk around doing our own things and the world has, they need the answer, they need the remedy, and yet we, we just keep it in our pocket and we don't give it out and give it to others. We just rather hide it away. I heard you don't hide away Jesus Christ. Like the little kid's song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. Thank you. No, I'm going to let it shine. Right? Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let, like, let your light shine. We talked about this before, being salt and being light as we've journeyed through this, this summer. Like, we turn out, be the church. Let's put those things to action, right, to share our testimony with people. And um, you may say, I can't do that. I'm not that person. I'm not bold. I don't have the strength to do that. That's the pastor's job. That's the evangelist's job. That's, that's, that's not me, that you may say that. See, I believe when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, and he gives you a measure of power, and he can live for Jesus with that power. But there is a greater power available to you. You know, I think about, I think about it this way. In electrical work, you can get by and, and run most things on 110, all right? 
But sometimes you need 220 or more is needed to run some bigger things and get some bigger things done, all right? God wants to give you more power to be a witness for him. Acts 1.8, this is our, our theme verse, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there's an additional and distinct ministry of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, ministry of the Holy Spirit, called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism is an empowering gift from God, the Father, that is promised to every believer. It helps the Christian to live a holy life and also brings a new devotional attachment to Jesus, making very real and precious. It gives us a, a more closeness to him. I'm not saying you're not close before. I'm not saying you don't have power before that, but it's more power. It's, it's a deeper kind of work in you. The primary purpose of the baptism is to get, get, give greater power for witnessing. Listen to me on this. You know, the stranger, when you're going on the train to Philly, or that neighbor or that classmate of yours that, that you have a burden for, all right, that you want to talk to Jesus about, but you think to yourself, I don't know, I don't have the right words, I'm going to mess it up. I'm just going to, it's not going to happen. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say. You may have those questions. You could put that to rest because the people that God wants you to speak to to testify about Jesus, you'll be enabled by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to go into more details about that. Next week, we're going to be headed into that whole subject. Pastor Paul is going to lead us and teach us on that. And there's other benefits as well. Uh, you know, we're going to focus on that specifically. So, but I don't want you to miss out on next week. I want you to put it in your calendars to be here next week when we talk about the empowerment of the Spirit. Because it's very important you understand that. As we, as we, he wants you to be a witness for him. He wants to give you more power. As I close this morning, I hope you have a better understanding and more well-informed about who the Holy Spirit is. That he is God. That he is a person. He is a helper, advocate, comforter, counselor. He also convicts teaches, testifies, and empowers. My prayer for you is that you don't, if you don't have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to encourage you to start. You don't have to make it weird. The weirdness should go away now since you're well-informed. Sometimes when you're misinformed or you're, or you're uh, misinformed or mis- uh, uninformed, it can be very weird and spooky. But I want to try to remove all that because he's God. He loves you. You got to remember who the Trinity is. We did baptisms last week and we baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's evidence all over about the Trinity. You don't have to make it weird. You can just remove that. Jesus doesn't want you to make it like that. He doesn't want to make you personal. You can get to know the third person of God. If you're ever a believer, you don't have to look far, but look on the inside of you to start that relationship with the Holy Spirit because you are his temple. We just sung about the glory of his presence and the temple. He lives within us. If you're not a believer, then the, then the first thing is to believe and give your life to Jesus and start a personal relationship with God. That is first and foremost, the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. You can't know the Holy Spirit if He's not on the inside of you. 
And he's, I believe he's even working in this room right now, drawing you to Jesus saying, guess what? Jesus wants to save you. I don't know about you, he worked in my heart before I got saved. That's his role, he works. He loves you. So you may know about God here in your head, but you may, it may not be translated yet to your heart. I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. I believe our time is coming short in this world. I don't know how many weeks or months we have left until Jesus returns. But I want you to be, if you have not, if you've delayed in giving your life to Jesus, some of you are like, well, I'm just going to wait to the end to do it. I encourage you not to do that. I want you to get right with God and start your relationship with God now to get forgiveness of sins. Start today. Why wait? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. The Bible says we're just a mist here for a moment and then gone. There are some... uh, I believe there are some here who have not yet made a full commitment to Jesus yet. And you've been waiting. You've been playing a game with God. You've been haven't made that, you haven't surrendered to him. You may know God up here, you've been going to church, but you don't have a personal relationship with him. If you can all bow our heads today, I'm going to give you that, that opportunity to make that decision. I believe there's people here today that the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart. Jesus says in Revelation, I am the door. If it opens a door, I will come in and I will eat with them. Knock it on your heart and say, it's time to give me everything. It's time to give me your life. It's time for me to clean you up. It's time for me to forgive you of all all of your past. It's time for me to give you a new hope and a new future. It's time for me. You've done it your way. And look where it's gotten you. Give your life to me. Some of you are running from God and you're not right with God. Some of you are, 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 are pretending but on the inside of you, it is not well with your soul. It is not well. Today, I'm going to pray for you. You could pray with me if you make this decision, but I'm actually going to go a step further than that. I believe we're just, I feel led to do this. I want you to make a bold step. I know we don't usually do this at times at our church, but I want you to raise your hand. Say, Jesus, that's me. I make the decision to completely follow you. I've been running. It's been in my head and not in my heart. And I'm, and I'm going to make that decision to choose you, to follow you completely. I'm giving my life to you. I, you are now on the, on the throne of my life. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand and put it down quickly. All heads out, eyes bowed, and heads closed. There's someone here that says, you know what? I see, I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know, it's time. It's time. I need a relationship with God. I need a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. I can't live this life on my own. I need Jesus. Anyone else? You slip up your hand really quick and make a bold statement and say, that's me. That's me today. I have a divine opportunity today. I see your hand. You could put it down. 
Anybody else? I don't want to leave anybody out. Anyone else? I see your hand. You can put that down again. Anyone else? Awesome. We're going to pray. You can, as a congregation, we're going to pray this together so you don't let, let the others feel, join in with them, make them feel comfortable. Maybe you didn't raise your hand and you want to pray this prayer with me. Pray it with me out loud with all of us together in this room and believe it in your heart. The Bible says that, you know, we're saved when we believe it in our heart, right? And we confess Jesus is Lord. Believe from the heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray this prayer together and just repeat after me all together as a congregation. Say, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me, Jesus, of my past and my sin. Jesus, wash me and make me new. I believe that you, Jesus, that you died on the cross and you rose to new life and you're coming back one day for me. Jesus, I give you everything. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my dreams. Today, I'm starting a relationship with you. I'm now a child of God, forgiven and free. And one day, I'm going to be with you in heaven forever. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thank you for our applause. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. He loves you so much. He didn't want you to leave this place without making that decision. And if you've made that decision, I've seen a few of those hands. Come talk to somebody. Come talk to me, Pastor Paul, our leader. We want to get you on the next step of your faith journey. Or maybe some things aren't right. We'd love to counsel you and get you just set up so you can walk in victory with your life. And so come talk to us. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you a Bible. And it's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. The Lord wanted you to to stop that service and wanted you to do that today. So praise God. He loves you that much. He seeks out you. He goes after the the one, right? Second part of this, I want you to start your journey with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you haven't done that. That's my second kind of altar call. I'm going to encourage you to do a few things. These are some help. These are some things that I encourage you to do. Is number one, acknowledge the Holy Spirit as God. If you haven't done that yet, acknowledge Him. He is God. He's part of the Trinity. Number two, pray to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to just pray to Jesus. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. He is God. And then daily walk with the Holy Spirit, learning how to walk with Him as He's come alongside you. He wants to give you more. We're going to talk about the gifts in a few weeks. We're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. As when we walk with the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit will be produced in our lives. So much is happening with the Holy Spirit. We want you to get on board and be a part of that. So start your journey with the Holy Spirit. Know Him as the helper, the advocate, the counselor, the comfort. He wants to come alongside your life, right? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you this morning. And as we close, we're gonna take Holy Communion. But before we do that, I do wanna pray for you. For those who, who haven't journeyed with the Holy Spirit that it starts, so I'm gonna pray. God, thank you that we're here today, that we've heard your word. I pray today, God, those here that, that haven't walked and known your spirit or maybe have been uninformed or misinformed, God, that today they would be well-informed and they would start this journey with you. They would get excited about these next three weeks of learning as you teach them, as you reveal them to your truth. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just do a work in them. You complete the work that you started, Jesus, and you would continue to do something that only you can do. I pray, help us to walk with you, to learn from you. Convict us, I pray. Teach us, I pray. Reveal Jesus in us, I pray. Help us to walk with you. Teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you close this morning, we're going to close in the Lord's Supper. If the ushers can come forward. No, if I have a cup, okay, if you don't have one, the ushers are going to come and give you a, a, a little juice container and a little piece of bread. I know we have Stephen here. If you need to raise your hand, the usher's going to come and give you one of those. Thank you. When Jesus was teaching about the Holy Spirit in John 14 through John 16, they were in, he was teaching while he was taking the Lord's Supper. It was at that moment where they were gathered all around the table and he was teaching them these things. He's like, I'm going away, but like I said, it's better or it's your advantage. He started to share those things. One thing the Holy Spirit does is bring to remembrance. Where he's going to bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus has done for us. The cross. How his blood was shed for you and I to create the new covenant that we have in him. The forgiveness of sins. It's a special moment that we can remember Jesus. Remember what he did for you and for I. He gave us the gift of salvation. He was crucified and his work was complete when he said, it is finished. Let's remember that today as the body of Christ. As we talked about last week, how the early church was in one mind and one heart. Let's remember Jesus with one heart and one mind today and what he did for us. Everyone has in their hand, hopefully the bread and the cup. If you take the bread out right now, we're going to go and partake this morning. In 1 Corinthians 11, says 23, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You can take the bread and eat right now. Jesus, thank you for your body, which was broken for us. Thank you that the stripes in your back bring healing. Thank you, Lord, for being willing to lay down your life for us as the lamb that was slain. You are worthy. You are holy. We thank you for your body, which was broken. Lord, you went to the cross for us. We couldn't do it on our own but you chose to come to this earth, die on a cross. You were beaten and bruised for us. We thank you, Lord, for this body. 
we remember today what you've done for us. Take the cup of juice at this time. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For when, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You may drink the juice at this time. Jesus, we thank you for the new covenant, the blood of the new covenant. Lord, the precious blood of Jesus, which washes away all of our sins. God, that this new covenant, that you are the sacrificial lamb, that the sacrifice once and for all. God, that we don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats on a continual basis. We don't have to go before one day of the, the day of atonement, God. But Lord, you paid the price. You spilled your blood. And we can walk in newness and wholeness, God. You said that without the blood, there is no forgiveness. But Lord, we have your blood. Let it cover us, Jesus. Let it forgive us of all of our sin and make us new. We thank you for the blood, the blood of Jesus, which never loses its power, God. And there's power still in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's power in your blood. Thank you, Jesus. And it's still so powerful. And it saves and it restores. Thank you, Jesus. We're a part of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give her a little round of applause and just give him praise? We got we have to celebrate what he's done. Amen. We're going to go back in a time, another worship song here. And if you're here today and you still need prayer, uh, if the ushers can, I mean, the prayer team can come this morning, just gather around. We're going to, we're going to sing this last song and then I'll, we'll pray us out. But if you're here and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray for you as we sing this last song. Um, but let's just rejoice. Everyone can stand. Let's stand today and just rejoice in the Lord, what he's done and thank him for his spirit and thank him for the work he did on the cross. And together as the body of Christ is one whole body that we can rejoice and be glad what Jesus has done for us.